0: Five members of the 2018 Canadian junior team have now been criminally charged in a case that has been headlines for years now, quite a few years. And yet there are still so many questions. And I think that's why this case has remained in the headlines for so long. But now that we've even gotten to the point where we have these charges, where we know the names of the players, there are still questions, right? Like, how did we get to this point? Why did it take so long to find out what had happened? What, where did these charges come from? So joining us now to talk more about this whole situation is Dr. Anne Pegararo, who's the Lang Chair in Sport Management at the University of Guelph. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Are you surprised that we even got to this point now where we're talking charges and we know the names of these players?
1: I think so. I think that in, you know, most uh, just in general in sexual assault cases, we usually don't get this far. So uh, I think the extreme public pressure in this one probably is playing a role. But it's uh, I think for many, it's also good to sort of see that we are getting to a point where there is going to be, you know, some sort of a a real investigation in the charges that have come out of it. And now we get to see justice um, sort of move through the system and and, and some outcome will come down the road.
0: Is that part of the benefit here then for the public and that you're right in a lot of sexual assault cases and allegations we don't get this far and now the pressure is on the system to show that what what you can do
1: yeah and i think that you know high profile cases like this this one um do, uh, do put pressure on the system. But I think it's also, um, you know, it, it's needed so that, that you know, regular um, citizens can see that there can be a justice process. And, and when sexual assault happens, um, reporting it is still the route to go. So I, I do think there's positives that come out of it. Um, but it will keep this in the news for some time.
0: And what questions do you still have looking at this? I know that Canadian MPs who've been looking into Hockey Canada, they still have a lot of questions.
1: I think we have a lot of questions about sport in our country, period, right? I mean, I think this is the high-profile case that we're seeing in terms of sort of abuse in the system. Um, And and we've seen the the questions in front of Parliament and the parliamentary hearings. But I think we have a lot of questions about how sport in our country has got to this place, where we're facing scandal after scandal and what's wrong with the culture or the structure of our sport system that has led us to this point right now.
0: Right. And so those questions in in an organization, would you say like like Hockey Canada, um, how do they deal with allegations? And is this a question, do you think, for every sport organization?
1: I think it is. I think, you know, we're, we're getting details about what happened in terms of when this situation came to light inside Hockey Canada and how they handled it and, and I think it wasn't, um, you know, I think the general public would agree not transparent, right? And so I think what we're learning here and, and hopefully the sports system is learning is, you know, we need to be more transparent when, when issues like this happen. We have to deal with them. We have to be transparent. We have to uh, be quick and we, you know, we need to build a system that is less reactive to incidents and is actually more proactive in building um, a better sport environment so we don't Have these things
0: happening. Do you think anything has changed in the last three or four years since this story first came to light? Well,
1: I guess, you know, I'm guessing not me, give by your reaction. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hopeful side of me is I think the light that's being shone on the Canadian sports system now is much needed. I do know that there are, are organizations that are working to make change inside hockey itself. You know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance um, and their work is, is one that's, that's come out. I think Brock McGillis and the work he does around changing the culture in hockey. So I do think there's positives that are coming out of this. Um, and I do think we're going to see some cultural change. It's, it's just a long road. Um, I want to remain hopeful that we will see changes in our organizations and changes in the sport um, culture and, and, and in sport participation for our kids.
0: How do you think we got here then? Is it because hockey is just so huge and so much about it has been unquestioned until now?
1: I think so. I think Canadians uh, believe that hockey is a part of our culture. I think we've put it on a pedestal. I think to keep it on the pedestal, people at work in a lot of organizations have swept a lot of things under the rug or buried them. And I think, um, you know, in order to, to pursue success and to keep Canada as this hockey nation. Um, so I think that hockey fans are probably having a bit of a reckoning right now. And, you know, they're seeing that they want to love this game. Um, they want to support the stars, but they also want it to be better than it has been. So I do think that that, our love of hockey has played a role in where we're seeing this play out now.
0: Or our perceived, you know, love of hockey. Like, we love hockey for sure, but it seems to me the Canadian public responded appropriately to this, whereas the organizations and the people in charge didn't.
1: Yeah, I do think the Canadian public, like, you know, that, that maybe is where hope comes from, is the Canadian public and its response. The organizations, the culture inside these organizations becomes so ingrained, and I think um, if you look at our our... our sport organizations, very few of them are diverse, very few of them have gender uh, representation. So you get a lot of people in rooms that look very much like each other, making decisions over and over, and the culture becomes ingrained. And I think that really came to light in hockey. You know, most of the people in the room, most of the people on the boards were very much um, men who grew up in the hockey system. There was limited women, limited individuals of color. And so the same culture gets very pervasive if you don't have difference inside the room where the decisions are made.
0: Right. I, I always got the sense with this story is that they forgot what the mission was, right? Was the mission to help build character and great people, or was the mission to protect and cover up because in the organization? Because that seems like all they ever did was do something that only benefited the organization.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, when it comes to light that a nonprofit organization has a, an over $100 million flush fund, that they keep in bay to do this, you know, the kind of uh, legal work they need to do behind the scenes, you start to question, yeah, are we really about building the game and building character and building uh, a culture for young hockey players or are we about protecting the money that we've been able to get into the game? Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you. I think that they, the wrong focus.
0: In your work, then, have you seen any kind of sport organization that is taking the right steps?
1: I think we're seeing most sport organizations now having a reckoning and starting to make that. I think we're seeing changes. um, You know, I think we're seeing it in, in different sports. I think, you know, we still have some struggling. I think Canada soccer is struggling still with some change it's undergoing. Um, but I do think we see, we see sports that are leading in our, in our country. Um, I think, you know, I do work with Paralympics and to me, uh, I think they have the right focus in their organization and are, are about making change. Um, I, I think we've been successful in some other sports like tennis where we haven't seen the same levels of scandals. Um, but we have to remember most of these organizations need to win to get money from the government. Um, so they have to make decisions sometimes that are, you um, Not necessarily the right ethical decisions to make to chase money to keep their organizations running. So there's some built-in parts of our system that need to change as well.
0: Right. I wonder, yeah, you're right, Did they learn from each other, whether it was Canada Soccer, Hockey Canada, or even Gymnastics Canada.
1: Yeah, and I mean they all meet. They they all do share. Um, you know, we we are interested in knowing what what is behind the organizations that are more prone to scandal versus ones um, that seem to be not. And so that's sort of research we're undertaking now, and hopefully we'll get to to be able to, to some outcomes that we can help support the system and realize. You know, these are the triggers. These are the warning flags you should see early and 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 change your course before it's too late.
0: Right. Is the, do you think the pressure needs to still be held on Hockey Canada here?
1: I do. I think that um, I think that you know some of the sponsors came back, and, and that's a business decision on their part. Some of them stayed away permanently. I think we, as a public, are, are the best tool to keep the, the pressure on the system to make the change that needs to come, so that Hockey Canada um, and other you know hockey organizations across the country that are a part of it embrace the types of change that need to happen, embrace the cultural change, bring in uh, individuals from Hockey Diversity Alliance, bring in Brock McGillis, bring in the people who are doing the work at the grassroots level, and change the culture your organization.
0: Mm, We'll see what happens. And I assume you'll still be following along. I will be too. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: That's Dr. Anne Pegararo, who's the Lang Chair in Sport Management at the University of Guelph, talking about the story involving these five hockey players who have now been criminally charged in an alleged sexual assault. These are members of the 2018 Canadian Men's Junior Team. And Hockey Canada did an, a, did an investigation and has a report, an internal investigation report, on that whole situation but they have not made that public right and then canadian mps in their investigation asked hockey canada to show us that report show us what you did show us that you you tried to do something like some evidence that you knew what was going on or anything just justify your actions essentially show us this report and hockey canada wouldn't do it they said oh no 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 we don't want to interfere with the police investigation that london police have now undertaken so you know what fine. The MPs backed off and said, that's fair. We don't want to do anything to jeopardize the police investigation. But now that that investigation has been turned over to Crown and the charges have been laid, MPs are now reconsidering saying, okay, well, now that's moving along on its own. We want to see your report again. So how will Hockey Canada respond? That is the question. The other question is, will London police Give some more details on how they got to this part. Why, when they first had this case come to them years ago, they decided there wasn't enough evidence that, nope, they were going to take a pass. And now they have found enough evidence to charge five players in this case. So they are having a press conference coming up early next week. And, of course, we will have coverage of that for you.